position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 236 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Friday, the 3rd of May, 2019. I'm sorry, I have a bit of a cough. A little viral bronchitis I picked up in belly. I'm crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign. Oh, that's good. Ivor, you're fired. Uh, oh, and also, uh, that would make it for our sequel friends, uh, 2019, what, 05, yeah, yeah, 05, 03, uh, at 12.29 p.m. Pacific Coast time, left coast time, coast with the most, um, we have an interesting show for you, so let's get straight to our top stories, we have one major top story this week, yesterday it came to my attention that Valve is now taking, uh, reservations, for their forthcoming Valve Index virtual reality system. Uh, If you've been listening to the show, you know that I have an HTC Vive uh, and that I've had a lot, a lot of fucking problems with it um, over these last, I guess, three years now. 
Um, so I've been looking to replace it because the base stations keep fucking dying. Um, and the firmware is impossible to update on Linux. I have no fucking idea. I had to replace one of the base stations. Whole thing has been a very expensive, very uh, br- occasionally very fun, but only occasionally, um, unfortunate investment. So I think I'm going to get a valve index. Uh, some things that separate the Valve Index from the uh, latest Vive. First of all, the latest HTC Vive setup with the wireless headset, the Vive Pro, along with the wireless adapter, which is sold separately, and along with the power pack, which is also sold separately, that'll run you right, a- right around 1500 bucks. And I have not heard anything from anyone about whether or not the uh, wireless adapter works on Linux. Um, so that's, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money, and I already have a fucking Vive. (coughs) So, the Valve Index differs from, uh, the Vive, that the full kit is a thousand bucks. You can buy each component of it separately from the, the head mount, the, the, the headset to the controllers. The controllers, um... And that's my favorite thing about the Vive, by the way, and that's why this looks like I, I already, uh, I already uh, signed up to uh, be reserved for like when they're ready to ship mine. They'll email me uh, for the for the Valve Index. Um, but the coolest thing about the Vive, uh, as opposed to um, Oculus SDK two, which is the only other headset I've worked with extensively. Um, which doesn't work on Linux anymore, which is why I got a Vive, and that didn't work on Linux for forever. But it, theoretically, I've gotten it to work on Linux. Um, there was actual video of me, I think this is two years ago, uh, playing uh, Serious Sam, the first encounter, VR. Uh, that was probably the most fun I've had with the Vive on Linux. <laughs> but, um, the coolest thing about the Vive is that it has these really awesome dual controllers. You hold one in each hand, and uh, what that does, to me at least, is it tricks my brain into thinking, because you can see in front of you, when you're in the game, virtual manifestations of your actual hands, so it tricks your brain into actually thinking that you are there. Um, the Valve Index has a similar uh, controller configuration, um, although it has, uh, it has, uh, two, like, almost Nintendo-looking buttons on each of the sticks, and they kind of look like they f- might snap together to form a steering wheel or something, I don't know, um, but, but, that's interesting, because, uh, you know, the Oculus, I don't know what it's doing in terms of Linux since they dropped us like a bad habit and that left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, so a couple other things about the the Valve Index. Uh, it uses an LCD display instead of OLED, which is a kind of interesting, I think. Uh, they say it gives you 50% more subpixel depth, um, you know, which ostensibly is meant to ameliorate, counteract, you know, whatever, mitigate. There we go. That's the word. Um, 
what do they call it? Uh, where it looks like everything is like uh, a screen door. You know, it looks like everything is like you're looking at everything through a screen door. Um, so that's that's interesting. We'll see how well that works. Um, the other interesting thing is it has these speakers. They're mounted on the headset, but they're off-ear speakers. They they look like um, little uh, little flat near-field speakers that are that are mounted about like an inch away from your ear. And what ostensibly what this is supposed to do is make let's see let me best in, yeah here we go on their website they say it's designed to provide a more natural way to experience audio index speakers do not touch the ears allowing sound to freely flow and interact with the geometry of your own head and ears with this ear, here's the key here's the money shot with this ear speaker design audio feels greatly externalized virtual sound sources appear to come from the environment around you rather than from inside your head and, you know, having just got off a fucking airplane. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Mm. Um, I can fully appreciate <coughs> what they're trying to go for there. Um, we'll see if that works, too. I don't know. It seems like a weird idea. <coughs> so, yeah, uh, between those two features... It looks like they, it looks like they uh, might be compatible with... Because you can buy... Uh, you can buy the the um, the kit without uh, base stations. I wonder if it's compatible with the shitty Vive base stations I have, but I'm not going to take the chance because they have sucked. They have been the biggest, well, the biggest points of failure on the HTC Vive for me have been um, fucking buggy as fuck DisplayPort and HDMI integration. Um, Oh, that's the other nice thing about the Valve Index is it requires DisplayPort. Fucking thank you, Jesus. Um, but the other, but the the so there's been that problem with the Vive. The other problems with the Vive that I've had are the base stations constantly uh, have problems upgrading their firmware, regardless of whether or not you're plugging them in or trying to do it over Bluetooth, which has never been successful for me. And then the other biggest point of failure on the HTC Vive for me has been the shitty cable bracket mount uh, to the headset which was like designed at like the it had to have been like the last minute um, everyone has had problems with that cable bracket it's like a 4 in 1 uh, clip that holds in all of the um, all the cables that actually you know run the display and it sucks it is a piece of shit it frequently destroys the HDMI cable uh, and it, because it's 4 and one the whole thing has to be replaced you can't just replace individual components of it and uh, yeah it's just a fucking nightmare it's been a nightmare as long as I've had, I've been lucky with mine um, <clears throat> after having read so many uh, horrible nightmare horror stories about it over the years I've been very very careful with mine uh, but it still doesn't work um, so yeah that's that's exciting. Oh yeah, and um, ostensibly the Valve Index for a thousand bucks will be shipping August thirty first of twenty nineteen. So about four months. So next quarter, in the dead of summer. Um, yeah, and uh, it only has you know two uh two base stations, but once you get used to that um that type of uh. <laughs> really immersive uh, virtual reality it's hard to go back and so I'm glad to see that they're at least copying the best ideas 
um, from other, you know, predominant uh, VR headsets. Uh, system requirements, uh, say, Windows 10, SteamOS, Linux, 8 gigabyte of RAM plus NVIDIA GeForce GTX 970 or AMD RX 480 or better. An available DisplayPort required. HDMI is not supported, which I'm all for. I'm a big fan of DisplayPort. Uh, dual core with hyperthreading or better, and USB 3.0 uh, plus for headset cameras. Um, so yeah, uh, that's exciting news for me because I, you know, I'm. If you've been listening to the show, you know that I'm all about virtual reality. Uh, so before we get to our feature this week, we have just a feature for you. It's a good feature. Uh, I want to mention that uh, Strider, as briefly alluded to in last week's episode, Strider, the sequel to Strider, which Jeff Jeffy Wise, friend of the show Jeff Jeffy Wise, uh, pointed out that the reason why it's called Strider and not Strider 2 is that they already made a Strider 2, and that was a terrible, terrible, terrible fucking game, if I remember correctly. Um, but this is the full-blown sequel, modernized reboot of Strider. It's not a remake, and it's not like a reboot reboot. It's a sequel but it feels, it's very true to the roots. Um, the Str- Strider is on sale. Uh, they've extended the sale now through May 6th, so it's 70% off at $4.99. Now, I've I filed um, a report on Strider on ProtonDB. Um, or maybe I just read them, I because I file so many now that I don't even fucking bother to post them to the Discord. Um... <laughs> Excuse me. I'm yeah. Like I'm not. I'm pretty ill right now. Actually, I'm on a lot of benzonatate, benzonatate, and whiskey, whiskey. Where's your fig? Um, but uh, Strider has a lot of missing textures on Linux when you run it via Proton. Um, the game is still completely playable, though it seems like it, and the game is incredibly fun. I'm. I don't. I'm not optimistic on any way to fix the missing textures in Strider, but uh, it it actually kind of looks cool. I I had to uh, boot it up on the Surface Pro Four uh, to make sure that I was seeing missing textures and it wasn't just the way the game was made, because uh, it does look actually still pretty cool. And the characters themselves aren't missing textures; it's just the environments. Um, the bosses are already neat. Um, so if it, I'm terribly tempted to say, and I very, I very rarely compromise like this, but it is a pretty damn good game. I'm only like, you know, 30, 45 minutes into it, but uh, it is worth mentioning, especially if you're an old motherfucker like me who's a huge fan of the original. Uh, you will like this game, I'm pretty sure. And at five bucks, it's cheaper than a pack of cigarettes. It's, you know, it's a shot at the bar. So it is worth checking out, Strider. Um... And that's through May 6th, uh, $4.99. This is pretty good. I mean, I can't really go wrong. So now, Ivor, based him with the feature, we got a good one for you this week. Perfect. Oh, my God. It's the Libyans. The Libyans! gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. Thank you, Doc Brown and scary robo voice. The Libyans! Mm. <coughs> What's that, Ivor? Oh, yeah, you're fired, by the way, Ivor. Mm. Our feature this week 
is Morda on Mordau, M O R D H A U, which is uh, like the latest iteration. It's not by the same people, I don't think. Um, I didn't actually bother to look, did I? No, I didn't. Ivor, you didn't look either, did you? See, Ivor, this is why. This is why we have the pain box for you, Ivor. You sweat hog! <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, I'm dying. Mm. Mordow. Mm. Mordow. M-O-R-D-H-A-U. Mordow is like the spiritual sequel to uh, Chivalry, a game that we have loved Loved a long time. Many hours of chivalry we have loved. Uh, chivalry, for those of you who don't remember or can't recall or never heard of it, was a first-person uh, medieval, feudal Europe, dark ages, sword game, broadsword and armor. Two things which I hate. I'm absolutely more rapier, sabier, rapier, saber, sense-making kind of weapon human being. Um, I hate the Dark Ages. They, they were stupid. Um, that's why they're called the Dark Ages. Uh, but anyway, uh, where you could literally cut someone's head off with one slice. That was chivalry. Uh, or cut off someone's arm with one slice. Uh, Mordow which I have logged eight hours in. Or no, seven hours. It says seven. But I'm pretty sure I played for an extra hour last night. Well, whatever. It's, you know, somewhere between seven and eight hours. Mourn Out is a lot like Chivalry with updated graphics for the environments. The environments look fantastic in Mourn Out. The character models are... Uh, the it's not so much the character models, it's really their um their costumes. Everyone except for the knight looks pretty fucking lame in my opinion. Don't dead hate, but don't this is just a this is a feature. This is just this is, you know, first impressions. It's eight hours in, you know. Uh but I do have enough of a handle of the game. Enough of a handle on the game to describe its key features um the biggest uh change between chivalry and mordow biggest difference between the two is mordow is a lot more technical um whereas like in chivalry you could just as a friend of the show fagledorf uh remarked uh and fagledorf was a master of chivalry and he already has 100 hours in mordow because he's been playing it since it was in alpha he doesn't play it on linux he it runs great by the way it runs great on linux the multiplayer runs great on linux um <clears throat> as of last night they uh did a massive upgrade to the servers because they were kind of overwhelmed by the game's sudden popularity when they uh released uh this week um so no, up until last night, no one was getting gold or experience points uh, for their matches, which kind of sucked. But as of last night, that has been fixed. So you're not just playing for shits and giggles anymore. Like you're now like really playing. Um, but the technical aspects of the swordplay in 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 Mordow, and by the way, it's not just swords. There are maces. There are halberds. 
there are axes, there are rapiers. Uh, they have a nice steel swept hilt rapier that looks like they modeled it after the same one that the same uh, sword catalog that I modeled the one in my video game after, um, which is hilarious. And uh, no, I'm not bitter. Um, but the, but anyway, uh, uh, there's rapiers, halberds, pole arms. You know, uh, there's knights with shields, and there's knights with great shields, like huge shields. Um, and then there are knights who just have a just have a broadsword. And there's also um, another character that has a uh, kind of a a weird combination between like a uh, like a two-handed broadsword, but it's like it's like a Visigoth kind of made it. It's like all jagged and fucked up, and like the the smithing isn't too good on it. Um, I think. He's either the rogue or the um, I can't remember, or the scoundrel. There's like a rogue and there's a scoundrel. But anyway, the knight is the main character that I play as. Uh, and there's the veteran who has a giant mace and he's got heavy armor. Um, and he's slow. Uh, but the knight is probably my favorite character to play as in general. And we'll talk about him. We'll use him as the basis for discussion. Also, I have to say that the knight's character model. And his costume, his armor, look incredible. I mean, they really look good. I mean, it looks like a fucking knight. Oh, also, there, are, there's horseback. Uh, there's, com- there's there, there are horses in this game, and there's combat from horseback, horseback to horseback, and horseback to ground. Um, <coughs> both using uh, lances as well as whatever weapon you may have. And I'm going to tell you some anecdotes from this game later on. You know, we're it's gonna be a short show, of course, right? Isn't that right, Ivor? Ivor's nodding and weeping because he knows every time I say that we're gonna be here for two and a half hours. But um, okay, so the principal uh, advancements or tweaks or whatever the the interesting things about Mordow in terms of the technical aspects of the sword play. Um, if you're the knight, if you don't have a shield, all you can do is parry to block, and that's a blink of the eye, you know, tilting your sword, uh, crosswise your body, uh, camera left or camera right. Which you can do consistently and the direction of it matters. Um, but you have to do it right as, if you want to successfully block an attack, you have to do it right as the attack is about to hit you. And they are not kidding about this. Right as the attack is about to hit you. Not when the swing is winding up. Not when the swing is three quarters of the way. Th- well, yeah, about three quarters. Uh, you're getting in that hot zone and getting this timing down, depending on uh, your opponent and what they're using as a weapon, is very challenging. Um, the tutorial for Mordow really sucks, and I I know this because I've had to do it five times um, because I kept check because it. If you do the tutorial, it gives you 2,500 gold. And I kept checking every day since I got the game if it was giving me the gold yet, and it wasn't giving me the gold, so I kept doing the tutorial over and over again. Um, It's supposed to be a 15-minute tutorial. I can do it in about fucking half that. Uh, Oh, and there's also siege weaponry and uh, some siege mechanics in the game. Another... Okay, so anyway, let's go back to the actual swordplay because it's fundamental. So after you successfully, depending on, you know, like, 
the timing of every weapon is different. And even though, like, every weapon basically only has, like, three attacks... Well, it depends, because then there's an alternate mode of using the weapon. But, like, basically every weapon basically has two attacks. Like a vertical slash and a horizontal slash. You can also attack with a combo, which is... It's it's very easy to do. Um, while you're before your first attack lands, you attack again, and so you do another attack, and you can control which types of attacks these are by moving the mouse. Um, it's remarkably consistent. Uh, the you can get very good at uh, doing vertical slashes. Um, oh, and the third type of attack is are stabs, but you can get very good at slashing from. Uh, left to right, left to right, left to right, right to left, right to left, right to left. You know, you can get very, very consistent at it. Unfortunately, your enemies are almost always going to be better at <laughs> at it than you are. At least in my experience, I've I've killed a lot of people. I've killed a lot of people in Worn Out, um, and I will kill a lot more tonight. Which, okay. So anyway, so let's say you block, you parry an attack. If you Right as you parry it, if you attack as well, you'll do a counterattack, which is great. There's also feints where you go into an attack and you press the Q button and that attack instantly stops and you're able to parry again. This is useful because you, you the whole game, it the game is brutally, unforgivingly difficult. Like, literally, if you get hit by anything um, that's like a sword you're already bleeding out, generally. Like, you're not long for the world. Um, especially if you take, like, two hits, you know, you're probably walking dead at that point. Lots of times, at if you're in a duel or in a, in a major battle, um, people will just walk away from you after they get those two hits on you, and they'll wait for you to die. It's much easier and better to just cut, you know, cut someone and then fucking walk away and just watch them die because you know you don't want to let them get in because even when they're dying even when I'm dying I, I, I'll i tell you a funny anecdote about that um, I'm still a formidable you can still be a formidable opponent even though you are not long for this world so when you block and you successfully counterattack, which is a different thing than, than fainting or whatever that is a really good attack because it almost always lands um, and depending on the uh, the type of armor, uh, some of the, some of the uh, some of the character classes have no armor whatsoever, and you can make your own character classes. By the way, um, chances are that might be enough to kill them. That might be enough to you know mortally wound them, where they're you know bleeding out now. They're walking dead. But the whole game really is because the whole game is basically attack and parry, which is what a sword fight is. Um, although this is medieval sword fighting, so it's like, ugh. but I watched the new Game of Thrones um, on Monday, and I was, and I saw Mordout was out, and even though I found the new game, I'm not gonna. This is spoiler free. Don't worry, I'm not gonna tell you anything. I find long battles boring because um, I'm getting old and tired and fucking bitter and crotchety, and you know I'm gonna learn the true meaning of Christmas one of these years. Um, but it was very bloody, and it did have lots of carnage. And I was like, ah, you know, I could really go for some medieval flavored carnage. And I saw everyone was playing more now, which had just come out. And so I got more now. So the game, though, while it seemed just like a mindless hack and slash, no, it is a highly technical game. Because basically what you're trying to do, 
with all everything that you do. In, let's, let's just say it's a duel. Let's say it's you versus one guy, and that's it. There's no one else in the world. And we'll get we'll cover that. Uh, we'll come back to that point in a moment. But let's just say it's a duel, and let's say it's two knights. Okay, it's you versus another knight. Your job, they know how to do everything that you know how to do. So your job is to get them to make a mistake. A mistake in terms of their timing. Um, Timing or orientation. You want want to fuck with them with their footwork. Because if you attack, the angle in which your hips are turned, this is like quoted directly from the fucking tutorial, the angle at which your hips are turned greatly affects the um, the speed and angle of your two basic attack or your three basic attacks. Um, so like if 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 your opponent is standing with their left shoulder to you, so like they're standing, you know, uh, so like you know you and them make a T and they do like a left to right slash, it is a much bigger left to right slash than it would be if they were just straight on facing you. And the inverse is true um, with uh, if you flip him around. Um, so if he, instead of facing, instead of his left shoulder closest to you, it would be his right shoulder. Anyway, bottom line is this. You want to get them to either miss or to open themselves up to where you can strike with impunity and get in that one or two hit, you know, those one or two hits that will essentially make them walking dead. Then you, then if they're particularly feisty, then you have to finish them. Um, and in a duel, you'd have to finish them because, you know, you guys aren't going anywhere. But anyway, the point is this. The idea of canceling attacks is really tricky and very, very effective. Because instead of having to wait to parry an attack and then counterattack, either like as a move, because there's like two different types of counterattacks. You can counterattack like as a move, which is like what you do when you when you attack right as you parry. Um and then the other type of counterattack is just you know, answering an, uh your opponent's attack. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you parry and then you attack. Um the idea behind this is that instead of having to do that, what you can do is you can attack, cancel the attack, which becomes a feint, and then attack. And that's that's pretty golden. And learning how to read when people are doing that to you is a lot of fun. Most Most of the game is like learning what everyone's attacks look like. Also, the it seems that the uh, you have a stamina meter. By the way, you have a stamina and a health meter. Stamina is important because without it, you can't swing attacks. You can't swing your sword. You can't, you know, attack. Uh, and if you parry and you have no stamina, you'll be disarmed. Um, and sometimes, literally, they will cut off your arm. Uh, otherwise, they'll just knock your sword away, and you'll have to go fucking run and pick it up. Uh, that happens a lot less than them just cutting off your fucking arm. Um, your sword arm. Which is bad. Because that's what you use to hold your sword. And actually, literally, that was... I'm sorry, correction. That was what you used to hold your sword. 
<laughs> it's still holding it. It's on the ground now, though. Um, okay, so there, there's some more technical bullshit, though, that is even better. You can chamber, which is where you do the mirror image of what your opponent opponent's at current attack is. And if you do it at exactly the right time, so like if he's attacking with a left-to-right slash, you attack with a right-to-left slash. Um, that is really good because it's like a block and a deflection that leaves them open for just devastating if, if you're fast enough devastating combo to get in a second strike on that and you see notice how like I keep saying like you know one or two strikes and shit like that that's because you will die all the time from one or two strikes like some guy will, or just one strike a guy will just chop your fucking head off you know oh I'm dead um, and you see that a lot when you start fighting people on horseback when you're on foot. Like, they just fucking rush up to you like a cavalry saber, and it looks like you're in, it looks like you are in the once and future king. I swear to God, it, I've seen some amazing shit in this game. Um, okay, so wait, so there's chambering, and then there's, uh, there's one other mechanic that I'm, I'm forgetting that is important. Um, anyway... I, I I can't I can't recall. There are several different game modes, and this is where the game really starts to shine, because the tutorial leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, there's archery too, <coughs> which is <clears throat> a little tricky to get the hang of. But once you get the hang of it, um, you can you can hit shit consistently, even moving targets. Once you get the hang of it, it's very tricky at first. Uh, but if you do the tutorial five times, trust me, by the time you get into the field, if you want to be an archer, you'll be able to handle it. You just got to make sure you're picking the right uh, type of battles to be an archer because it sucks being an archer if it's just a bloody sword bath mud bowl uh, like the camp map or whatever. And it also depends on the game mode and what your tactical and strategic goals are. Um, so one of the biggest features of Mordow is it, it – it offers massive, massive, massive battles. 32 on 32. Um, and these can be as simple as death matches. You know, just like, not not even team deathmatch. They have team deathmatch too. Um, but just like fucking balls out deathmatches where everyone's your enemy. And there's also a whole dueling culture that has sprung up uh, kind of as an outcropping of Stuff that I remember occasionally seeing in Chivalry, but Chivalry was just such a bloodbath. You know, blah. By the way, I'm making this game sound very, like, staid and genteel. No, this is a carnage festival of absolute unremitting death and horror. Um, Literally, you'll be fighting one guy, and then suddenly there will be three more guys. And two of them will have their heads chopped off, and you're fighting now two guys at once. And then there's a guy behind you stabbing you in the back, and you're dead. (laughs) And rinse, wash, repeat. That happens a lot. Um, the variety of character classes does help make the game even better, but it does mean that there's a lot more to learn. Like, it's very difficult to get the timing of pole arms down, of halberds, uh, pitchforks, etc., of getting the timing down. And when someone has maximum stamina, they are much faster. Maximum stamina and maximum health, they are much faster, and it's very difficult to uh, counter depending on what type of weapon you have and what type of weapon they have it can be very difficult to counter um, a helicoptering motherfucker 
Uh, there's some videos of that that I, I, I've recorded uh, on OBS, uh, the live stream um, on on Twitch, because uh, Fagaldorf was like, I've never seen that. And I'm like, well, don't tell me what I have and have not seen, buddy, because I'm fucking preparing the video for you right now. You might have 100 hours and I might have three, but trust me, check this out. This is what happened. Helicopterific. Um, it was me and this other guy. It was two on one. But anyway, the dueling culture is what's really exciting about um, about learning the game because the dueling culture, if you when you go to the server browser, just look for any game mode that's like deathmatch or whatever, and look for the word dueling in the subject in in the in the the server description. And that means that before you join with an enemy, it's considered polite to crouch and wait for them to crouch. And then you both get up, and then you and him fight. Even though everyone else is fighting, it's you and him. Ideally, you won't be interrupted, but if I'm in the game, I will probably... No, I'm just kidding. It's considered bad form to interrupt a duel on a... Because there is no no, um, real uh, gameplay mechanism to allow for straight-up dueling, which is okay. Because the chaos is really what this game is about. Um, When you are running... When you are running from... There's a game mode called Horde. And Horde is... It's like... Uh, PVE. It's like player versus environment. So every round, the Horde gets bigger. The AI-controlled Horde gets bigger, meaner, and has better weapons. Meanwhile, you and your friends, however many you want to cram into the map, uh, have to get kills and or survive to upgrade your equipment you start off with just your fists and it costs like 5 gold to buy uh, 5 throwing rocks and you can trust me they're deadly, you laugh now um, it's, it's how you do it and then eventually like you have enough money to buy like all the equipment and all the armor and all the shit and then like, the farthest I've seen is someone get to uh, the 18th round of Horde and that, 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 that was just two people I didn't stick around to see uh, how much further they made it because uh, I watched like four rounds. I died instantly at the be- beginning of every one of them because I didn't understand how the game was played. Horde is really fun. But all the other game modes are basically uh, what you would expect. There's a control point uh, based game mode which is really fabulous because it's where like the biggest battles happen where it's like where it's you and fucking eight other people running into like literally a fray of eight people on fucking ten people, and then you guys are joined and outflanked by the rest of their team, and it is fucking 32 on 32. And you're seeing heads being fucking chopped off, and everyone, all you hear are screams. Probably my favorite mechanic in the game, and this is um, this is gonna sound cosmetic, but in a lot of ways it's not. Hang on, let me take this shot. Mm, the benzonatate. I, I'm sorry if I seem daffy right now. The benzonatate and the whiskey, which is what's keeping me from just hacking my lungs out right now. Um, it makes me kind of stoned and sleepy. But anyway, I think I think we're we're on the path. I think we're close to the end here. But um, so here, let me tell you this story of of something that literally happened to me. So, ooh, hmm. Let me punch this up because I texted it to a friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise. 
Um, oh, and by the way, uh, happy butt mitzvah uh, to my niece Ivy. Oh, fuck, I forgot to mention boobs him up. Uh, anyway. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we go. This is what I texted to Jeff. I'm playing as the night, and I interrupt a duel between a polearm footman and a veteran with a giant mace. I kill the veteran first because he looked the weakest, jamming my sword in his eye. The footman got a good hit on me with my back turned, and I start to bleed out. I wheel around and chop his head off in one in one motion, just as three other guys show up. Because they are all chasing each other, this was on pit, I want to say, because they're all chasing each other, and the lead is closest to me, they all decide to kill me. One is a knight with a kite shield, the other two I can't remember. I drop one of the other two, and the odd man out gets his two hits on me to earn the kill, chopping off my sword arm and one of my legs, and then joins against the shield guy, thinking that I am just going to fucking drop dead. He's waiting for me to die. But I am not going that easily. Screaming, as my character screams in horrified agony, literally your characters go into shock as they are about to die, waving their own bloody stumps and shit. I use my last three seconds before I finally go down to hop on one leg behind the shield knight and using my only hand left, I punch him twice in the back of his stupid fucking head and kill him. <laughs> and then I and then I drop dead. Now, the coolest thing about the screaming, and, and Jeff replied, apropos, just but a scratch, sir. <laughs> um, which is, you see this shit all the time. Mm. Oh, and they're throwing weapons too. There's all sorts of all different types of weapons that you can you can fight with fucking pots and pans. I'm not kidding. Um, which really brings out the Dark Ages aspect of the game, uh, especially in Horde. It's really cool in Horde to just see these this mob of like you know fifteen unwashed villagers, you know maybe armed with two of them have throwing stones. And the rest just have fists. That's like, you know, round one of Horde. Round two, several of them will have swords. Maybe one of them will have a pitchfork. Round three, it gets significantly more difficult. But one of the coolest things, it it seems cosmetic, but it's not. It's actually important. Your health bar is not necessarily the best indicator of how healthy you are. I mean, it is if you're safe. If you can get away, then your health bar becomes relevant. It's really if your character is realizing that they have lost forever their leg or their arm um, and begin to scream. It starts off like, a, just imagine the sound of someone on fire. It starts off really slow and it speeds up very quickly and then you're dead. Which is, like, a great indicator that, like, okay, I'm going to die. Um, Bleeding out is more subtle, and it's way more insidious, and it's way cooler, because you can just be, like, a ninja. You can just get in your two really good hits that, like, you're already dead, Fist of the North Star style. 
Um, and people are getting really good at that. And then they try to walk away and play defensively. You know, they, they don't they don't turn their back to you, obviously. If they do, then you punch them in the you hop over there and punch them in the back of the head until they die. Then you die, then everyone's happy. Uh, the end. But um literally last night I saw a guy, and I don't know the name of this map. We were playing uh in the the control point uh game mode, which I can't remember the name of. Uh it's called uh, Frontline, I think, maybe. Anyway, it's what is most frequently... It's what you'll probably get match-made into. Frontline is team-on-team, big-time, with control points. So, teamwork is important, and strategy becomes important. Um, freeform strategy. Communication is not this game's strong suit. I don't know if anyone else has microphones up and running, because I'm always live-streaming. Uh, I haven't really checked... Uh, I know, seven hours, but you don't really want to talk to anyone when you're playing this game anyway. Um, except for you die, fuck you, die, die, die. Or the only thing that I really wish I had a hotkey for, which, and there are like radio commands, which are just shouted to whoever is within earshot of you. You have to be within earshot, which is great. Um, and can be used to both like uh, very, very stunning tactical or yeah, tactical advantage or hilarious, hilarious comedy. Anyway, we're on this fairground. It's not the camp. We're on this fairground um, map. Actually, they had a lumber yard, and I want to say I can't remember. I cannot remember. I was really stoned. What do you want? And I was getting daffy with the benzonate last night. Mm, it's the only way I could sleep. Mm. So, it's one of those massive scrum moments. Everyone is trying to take this one control point, and it's both, the bulk of both forces converging on this control point. So, it's like 16 on 20. And there are four guys on horses, like two on each side, and people keep getting chopped off their horses, and, you know, their horses are getting stolen, and guys are just fucking falling like flies and it's really close to where our spawn is so it's like just a meat grinder it is a meat grinder and the sun is coming through the god rays are coming through the um the dappled leaves of the the beautiful green trees and i swear to god i'm like man this looks like this looks like eb white would shit eb yeah it was eb white right who did the man who would be king Oh, fuck. Am I losing my mind? It was E.B. White, Charlotte's Web. I can't remember. Man Who Would Be King. Gotta read it. Arthurian Legend. Great. It's a great book. It's a good book. Good book. The Old Wound. Um, but anyway. Uh, and I, I, I'm I'm the knight, and I'm fighting all these polearm motherfuckers, and I'm blocking three guys at once, like fucking Errol Flynn in, uh, in uh, Captain Blood. I'm just like, da, 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 parry, 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 parry. And finally, I see, like, my moment, and I slice one guy's head off. And then, right then, two guy, two of my guys, at least two of my guys, I couldn't even see how many of them there were, swoop in and kill these other two motherfuckers just as three more motherfuckers are, are coming at me. And so I split off because I'm running out of stamina. I, you know, I try to just get away a little bit, you know, like, literally, like, only, like, you know, five meters or whatever, and I'm, there's a camp tent pitched on a, on a pole, 
like a like a circus tent almost with I think red and white stripes and um the sun is I'm facing like the setting sun and it's glorious and out of this setting sun and I think I'm safe and for just half a second I'm watching all these guys fight and I'm just thinking what the fuck and out of this you know beautiful god ray there comes this knight on horseback and I can see his sword going up and I know that I am about to die because I can pace the, the speed of his horse and I know he, he's closing distance. I, he's looking right at me. I know that it's like I could see the future. In the next two seconds, I'm going to be dead because frequently what happens when this happens is you just get your head chopped off instantly. Like guy with a with a with a bastard sword or a falchion or even a long even a long sword um on horseback will chop your fucking head off that's what happens pretty much generally speaking um it's, if he's it depends on his rate of speed and mm. and this guy is set up and he's 2 seconds away from like me being dead and i give up and that's one of the things you can never do in this game. You can never, ever, ever give up. Which is hard because you die so much. Um, but there's always a chance that you, you know, and and lots of times <clears throat> that's the most fun of the game is figuring out where the chances are, you know, learning how to save disaster situations like this because I'm going to die and I give up and I'm, I'm just watching him. Cause I'm so stoned, and I'm I'm watching him, and I'm you know like if I if it had been in real life, I would have dropped my sword and I would have been on my knees with my hands in front of my face like a miserable civilian, cause that's how obvious it was that I was about to die, and he's about one second away from me, and his sword is halfway through the swing, and it's gonna be perfect. He's gonna it's going out of the fucking park. This guy's going to chop off my fucking head and this is how I'm going to (laughs) die. And right then, a throwing knife hits this guy in the throat and he's dead. (laughs) And his horse just canters off, you know, right by me and one of my guys grabs it or whatever and I'm just like, this game is awesome. (laughs) Um... mm. Also, the variety, the, the, the geography and the map design is spectacular, um, I think. There are lots of different, especially it accommodates all sorts of game modes um, and all sorts of different environments that have really profound effects. Like if you're fighting inside of a castle or like even better, like a wooden stable or even better, like a... Uh, an outbuilding of the castle made of wood, you know, like either a peasant's house or like um, peasant quarters or whatever, or whatever, you're not going to be able to swing your sword horizontally. It's going to hit the wall. It sounds simple, but you try fighting five guys in a room that's the size of, you know, like a fucking one bedroom studio, well, a studio apartment in fucking New York, you know, we're talking like I don't know, maybe 150, 200 square feet you try fighting five guys at once you know, in that kind of situation there's also team damage, you can hurt your friends, which is another thing that like 
you get very good at doing early on, hurting your friends instead of hurting your enemies. Uh, I'm serious. You get very good at it, and it sucks. And you have to start once you start realizing, oh, okay, I've been killing all my friends a lot. Um, it humbles you in terms of being angry when other people do it to you on accident. But um, learning how to not just cancel your 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 strike when it's going to hit someone, and lots of times it'll hit someone unexpectedly because someone will rush in. Like, and so when when you're going to join. In like um, in in a battle, not in a duel, but where two guys are squaring off against each other in a battle, which means it's you know it, there there's no such thing as dueling in in battles because it's like you know one team versus the other team, and so if you're fighting my guy, I'm gonna be fighting you. You have to fucking circle around them and watch and figure out how you're going to get in there to kill the bad guy without hitting your friend and without him hitting you and without the bad guy hitting you or your friend, um, which can get very complex. And especially once many people join the dance, uh, it gets just fucking madness. It gets pretty fucking crazy. Um, biggest complaints so far are that the game is designed, like I said, it's very technical. It looks like just, you know, hack and slash madness. It is not. It is actually very technical. But the problem here, therein lies the rub. And this was something that chivalry was... I think, I think better at, this is a much, this is, this is the next generation of chivalry. That's all you need to know about Mordow. But the problem with it is, it relies on exceptional split second picture perfect timing. Now, the, the, the code for the game seems to be very, very, very good. Seems to run very fast. Um, but, you know, there's always, you're always going to get lag spikes, you know, every, at least once an hour or whatever, you know, or imperceptible ones. It, with the, the bottom line is that every match you play, and the matches are long, they're like 20 to 30 minutes generally. Um, in Frontline, I don't think there's a time limit even. Um, I, I think it's like a ticket system almost. I can't remember. Because I, like I say, I've been playing it while I've been very stoned, but I've gotten pretty decent at the night. Um, but the bottom line is that there will always be at least one to five times that you got killed during a uh, a battle. And trust me, I die all the time. I mean, we're talking like you'll die 50 times in 20 minutes. You die, 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 die. And kill, 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 kill. Um... The better people, though, and this is why, like, when you start to play the game, you really want to find dueling servers, because you really, it's really great to be able to go up against one person, and to know how good he is, and then to, after he kills you, to find other people who are, you know, as good, or better, or less good, or whatever, you know, depending on, it gives you, it makes your deaths very constructive, because you're always learning from those experiences, but there will always be somewhere between one and, you know, however, one and X number of times where you know, or you have the very, very, what do you call it? Um, you can't have a concrete suspicion, but you have a very uh, prevalent sense that there were at least one to however many times that you got killed due to some form of lag. Uh, because it is so 
timing intense. I mean, it is. It, it's and that that is a. I I would say that qualify. I mean, this is not a review. We'll do a review uh, once I hit twenty hours of it, uh, probably for next week. But right now, I do have a creeping sense that some of the glory. You would have to regard this as a major fault in the game's design, because if they we'll we'll see we'll know I'll know more in 13 more hours of the game but it does seem like a bad way to design the game for 32 on 32 to have it be so timing dependent i mean it's such a small window they might actually retune it um cuz i don't think the game i know it went through an alpha process but i don't think it was ever out in early access. I don't know. I really don't know. In fact, and that's that's all speculation. It just seems weird that they would make a game that is for so many people that's so precision based and so timing based, and they run it on good servers. The ser- the official servers are good, um, and there are servers available in your area, and they actually have a rent a server thing. Uh, I might be setting up a server. Uh, you know, see if I can run one headless. Uh, through DigitalOcean or Vulture. I like Vulture for stuff like this because this is actually fairly system intensive. Um, and I still have vol- credits for Vulture, I think. Um, but anyway, Mordow is a hell of a blast. Uh, f- just in K, just for, in the interest of being complete, uh, Mordow bills itself as, this is what we always do when we're not doing, you know, when we're doing new and noteworthy or when we're doing a feature. Mordow is a multiplayer medieval slasher. Create your mercenary and fight in brutal battles where you will experience fast-paced combat, castle sieges, cavalry charges, and more. And it looks amazing. The The environments and stuff look amazing. The snow levels are fantastic. The forest levels are incredible. The castle levels are awesome. The battlefield levels are incredible and detailed. And, oh, one of the funniest things that I did last night, and then then we'll have to... All right, Ivor, all right. Just because you're fired doesn't mean you get to fucking mouth off at me, you fucker! I can still beat you! Where's my sword? I do have a steel swept swept hilt rapier. And I have a frog, too, and I'm not afraid to use it. Um, I can't. I'm so out of shape. I can barely fucking swing the thing. But, uh, fuck, what was I going to tell you? I had a funny story. Oh, yeah. So last night I was on, uh, this battlefield map. And it's like when I say a battlefield map, I mean, it is a map of a ruined battlefield. Like there are hundreds of arrows wedged into the ground. The place has obviously been a, a highly contested point for, you know, at least years because spikes have grown up and, proliferated everywhere like off of every wall and there's a river and a bridge and and there are all these little battlements that are like spike points and I was running to join with this guy this is like one of my last fights last night fitting part to conclude our little talk on Mordal um and I was running to join him and I I dropped my cigarette and I picked it up uh, with my other hand, and I was trying to steer with my WASD with my left hand. I got the cigarette back in my mouth just as I realized that I had ran into one of these little mini spike things and killed myself. I did not know that was even fucking possible. That's the type of you can kick people into spikes, you know, blah, 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 blah. You can shoot people in the eye. 
You can chop people's heads off, chop their arms off. And cool. one of the coolest things, though, is that the armor that people wear does not necessarily protect them as much as you might think. And then there's always the alternate. If you're the knight, you can use the alternate attack for your sword, the Mordhau grip, where you, instead of holding it by the actual grip, you hold it by the blade and use the grip to pummel your enemies that's good against guys with armor. There's all sorts of shit like that. And there's throwing weapons. And, you know, it's amazing. No one looks as good as the knight, though, in my humble opinion. The knight looks fantastic. And there's catapults. Getting killed by a catapult is kind of a religious experience because it's almost like one in a million. It's like you found the landmine. Anyway, came out April 29th, so it came out, uh, yeah, f- you know, four days ago, I guess, or five days ago. Um, right, yeah, right after I got back from Bellingham. If you like chivalry, you will love Mordow, and it's so it's got a huge community, and uh, Figgledorf likes it because no one's hacking it yet. Although I think I've seen some hackers. Um, I've seen some guys who are helicoptering invincibly, endlessly. But they're in the in the vast minority. And it is a tremendously fun game, especially if uh if you like uh if you like a little sword play. And if you're looking for something, you know, Game of Thrones-ish, it is very Game of, Game of Thrones-ish. All right, cool. That'll do us. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Uh, I will see you next week. Um, we'll probably have a review of Mordow. Uh, one of the best things, though, i, I, I got to leave you with this. You, vis- visibly, you can tell the condition of your opponent by how covered in, not just how covered in blood they are, because everyone gets pretty covered in blood, almost to the point where it's impossible to tell who's on whose team if you're playing team in a team mode, because, you know, red and blue, red looks like blue, and blue looks like red when they're completely covered in blood, but if you look for where they've been cut, you can see where people have been cut, and that gives you a really good idea of, if you can see that, if you can spot that, um... That gives you a really good idea of how to approach them. Do I want to be really aggressive? Are they going to be really aggressive? Or are they dying? Are they just trying to survive? Are they trying to get around? Because then you know, like, okay, well, then I go in hyper-aggressive. You know, then I just finish them. You know, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all information that's visually communicated. Likewise, if they're hopping towards you on one leg, screaming, (laughs) then you know that it's pretty much over. That'll do us for this week. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Uh, Mordau, M-O-R-D-H-A-U. And don't forget to check out Strider on sale now through May 6th at uh, 70% off, $4.99. That'll do us. Later days. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farm. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. 
Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. A good idea. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Good day, Captain. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.